Good morning to all of my BGB subscribers. Happy Saturday. Good morning to all of our BGB friends who, for some reason, have not subscribed to the newsletter or the podcast yet. That's okay. I still love y'all, but big shout outs to the Black Girl Budget subscribers. Y'all the real ones. (laughs) So happy Saturday. Y'all know we like to clean while we listen to our podcast, so I hope y'all are up and moving about. But if you feel like today is the day for you to just sit in the bed and chill, that's perfectly fine as well. Sometimes we all need a little rest. Um, I'm really excited to talk about today's subject. It's a little upsetting, but in the end, I think the tips that I give y'all are, are going to help. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the net worth of black women. And uh, how I came up with this is I was updating my net worth, which I typically do on an annual basis because my net worth is negative. And when I first did this in 2019 or 20, it was like negative 90 something thousand dollars. (laughs) I was like, dang. Um, And I was like, you know, I'm going to update my net worth on like recalculate it on an annual basis because that will be a sufficient amount of time to actually see an impact. Um, so the following year, I updated it, and I think it was down to, like, negative 80-something. Um, and I should have the number on me for this particular episode, but I don't. But it, it is still negative. So I was like, okay, well, at least I'm seeing some movement, and I'm going in the right direction. That's great. And it got me to thinking, what's the average net worth of black women? And, of course, y'all know the first thing I did was a Google search. So I do a Google search, and... um it's weird because I searched the black woman's average net worth, but I kept getting the median net worth, which I quickly realized mm-hmm. why. So when I did a Google search, I get a 2010 article from Post Gazette that says study finds median wealth for single black women at $5. So, of course, you see median wealth $5. It is a shocking headline, right? It To me, I consider it clickbait because the article does give you some additional numbers. Um, And this article from the Post-Gazette has actually, yeah, it it talks about a report inside, but um, that is the headline. So then you go down and the Daily Beast has a similar article that says median wealth for single black women is $5. Um, and then there's Black Enterprise that also says report sheds grim details on black women's net worth. So just from the headings, you can already see that <laughs> it's like uh, black women might not be having high net worths out here. So um, that made me want to do a little digging. Now, I will say this, um, depending on how you Google this subject matter, you might not get a specific, I'm going to call it a blog post. I don't think it is an article. You might not get this specific blog post, um, but I, I happened to get it the first time I, I Googled this. And the blog post says, black women look good, but not worth $5. <laughs> and already, I, I already knew just from the title of this blog post, who wrote it and what it was going to say next. And so it just, it made me think that even though, we'll get this, even though there are systemic factors to black women, black women uh, collectively having lower net worths than similarly situated women in other races, it's still black women's fault, right? In someone's mind, in some capacity, it's still black women's fault. So I'm just going to 
just go through a little bit of this blog post because I'm not going to give it too much time. Um, it immediately jumps into a heading that says wearing $2,095 and you're, and you're only worth $5. So of course that's, you know, it has a very negative connotation and it's just not, you know, when I, when I see numbers that are maybe discouraging or so shocking, my first thought is not to bash that group of people, no matter what the, the issue is, but to maybe find out what the underlying causes are. And we'll get to that. I'm sure many of you have already faced that as well. But what I think is funny about this blog post is, you know, it goes through some information about black women. Um, and then it says, it says, but what about the brothers? And there's a specific sentence in here that says, uh, So even though the black woman has been holding down the black family, despite the black man not being present, she must do better as far as building wealth. And again, it's it's so interesting that as black women, we we kind of have to acknowledge these disparities, but then kind of defend why we're being (laughs) held accountable for for systems and disparities that we did not personally create. so I thought that blog post was was interesting because it is something that is very shock value, um, but still not not presenting information in a way that is going to be helpful to people. And I, I saw that there were several articles that presented a lot of facts, a lot of information, but not seemingly from a place of we're going to help. Right. So that's kind of what I want to do today is just throw out some additional information that can help. Um, now, what I will say is when you go to Black Enterprises article, they do give you some sobering statistics. So I'm going to go through those really quickly so you can kind of see a comparison between black women and white women. So in the Black Enterprise article, it does reference its um citing to a report, and I'm going to come back to that report. I just want to give you all the numbers first. So it says single black women without a bachelor's degree, ages 20 to 39, have a zero net worth. That's single black women without a bachelor's degree. So just listen for your age group and whether or not you have this this degree. Single black women without a bachelor's degree, ages 40 to 59, have a net worth range of just $1,000 to $2,000. So single black women without a bachelor's degree, 40 to 59, net worth is between $1,000 and $2,000. And then single black women without a bachelor's degree, uh, ages 60 and older, have a net worth of $12,000. Now, those are all the single black women without bachelor's degrees. And so I do want to make a distinction that you have some statistics that are focused on single black women, some statistics are going to be focused on um, married or cohabitating black women. And then you have with a bachelor's degree and without a bachelor's degree. So just listen for your category. But um, that makes a big point, And I'll come back to it later as well. So then we have single black women with a bachelor's degree ages 20 to 39 have a net worth range of 11000 to $0. Now, this is actually my group. Remember, single black women is non-married. Um, so single black women have a bachelor's degree. I also have a law degree. I'm between 20 and 39. And y'all know my net worth is is much lower than negative $11,000. So, so I fall in that group. 
Uh, the next group we have is single black women with a bachelor's degree ages 40 to 59 with a net worth range of 6000 to 9500 And then single black women with a bachelor's degree ages 60 and older have a net worth of $11,000. Now, what I thought was interesting about these statistics is that um, <laughs> single black women without a bachelor's degree are actually doing better than the single black women with a bachelor's degree, which student loans. Am I right? I, like someone DM me this week and I'm releasing a, a resource for you all today. Someone DM me was like, listen, I think this is cool, but my student loans, though, she's like, I have over a quarter million dollars in student loans. So talking about net worth is really not going to do anything for me. She doesn't own anything and she's got all this student loan debt. So. It's, it's interesting to me that we are taught, uh, especially if you were born in the 90s, we were indoctrinated to believe that going to college was going to allow you to get more money, which is oftentimes true. But then there are still other factors contributing to that money still not being enough. Like, yeah, you might be making $50,000 now, but we know the wealth gap and the pay gap for black women is very serious. So... There are other contributing factors, but single black women without a bachelor's degree, their net worth is at zero when single black women with a degree is ranging from negative 11 to zero. So while they're both at zero at some point, there's a negative component to people with a a higher education. And I'm wholeheartedly going to blame that on student loans. Y'all know student loan debt crisis is insane. And Biden is playing with our emotions about canceling the student loan debt. Now, I want to be clear, student loans uh, have been canceled for large groups of people. Um, I just don't qualify for none, so I'm still salty about it. So we're going to keep moving on. Um, Now, the Black Enterprise article does mention some statistics uh, in relation to white women to show a comparison. And it says single white women with a bachelor's degree ages 20 to 39 have a net worth range of 3,400 to 7,500. And then single white women with a bachelor's degree ages 40 to 49 have a net worth of 25,000. And single white women with a bachelor's degree ages 50 to 59 have a net worth of $117,500. And then single white women with a bachelor's degree ages 60 plus have a net worth of $384,000. So these are all Again, single white women with bachelor's degrees, um, you can see that the numbers are are certainly higher than those that black women have. Now, Black Enterprise references an article from the Samuel Du Bois Cook Center on Social Equity. Uh, and this center is actually at Duke University. So I did go and look at this um this data that was presented, uh, and it's a research brief series. This is volume one that I'm going to be speaking from today, and it's dated January 2017. Uh, so I'm going to give you all a few just snippets from this. It's only four pages long if you want to go check it out. I Googled it, and it popped right up. Um, so it starts off by saying, wealth is the key to ensuring economic security, and it is what enables families to build a better future. Wealth, what you own, minus what you owe, which is a very good basic definition of your net worth. What you own, minus what you owe, acts as the fence between temporary setback and economic catastrophe. It allows us to live and retire with dignity and security. I 
love that line because I talk about retirement and I know a lot of other people talk about retirement as well. But retiring with dignity and security, my mouth is agape right now because it's so it's so important when you think about it. You and, and some of us may not have come into contact with this, but when people get into retirement because of you know some kind of emergency, some kind of catastrophe, some kind of unplanned, unanticipated event that really affected their finances or due to not properly preparing for retirement, retirement can be very poverty stricken for some people. And you are living on a serious fixed income of $1,500 a month. And, you know, you're supposed to buy groceries and pay utilities and really live on that for the rest of your life. And so when you are preparing for retirement, You want to keep in mind that when you retire, you want security and you want dignity. And I've never really thought about putting it in those words, specifically the word dignity. And so that's another reason to also start preparing for retirement is that you want to be comfortable. You don't need to live lavish in retirement if you don't want to, but you do want to be comfortable and to be able to maintain the lifestyle that you've had all these years. So um, this uh This document goes on to say, without savings or wealth of some form, economic stability is built on a house of cards that quickly crumbles when income is cut or disrupted through job loss, reduced work hours or reduced wages, or if families suffer from an unexpected health emergency, which is what I mentioned. And then it says wealth is also tied to the well-being of the next generation as it provides parents with the ability to help pay for their children's college education and can also be passed down from generation to generation. In fact, the intergenerational transfer and impact of wealth is one of the reasons why racial wealth inequities have become entrenched. And this is actually a very big deal because of the way that property has been passed down through generations of black families in comparison to that of white families is so different, so different that it really affects generational wealth. So if you think about it, there there were times when black people were property. There were times when black people were not, but couldn't own property or could not afford to own property. So there was nothing to pass down. A lot of times um, intergenerational wealth is created through the passing down of valuable assets, which oftentimes is uh, houses, land, you know, rental units, property, um, people, right, when people were enslaved. So when you're transferring wealth, if there is nothing to transfer, if you don't own anything, you can't transfer anything to the next generation. And so this really does contribute to how the difference in wealth is such a large gap because white families have been transferring wealth for so much longer than us, so much longer than black families. And then you have black families who are starting to be able to afford assets, pay them off and keep them, and then pass them down to other generations. So that does uh, make a very big difference. Um, Now, one thing that this brief goes on to say is a college degree in marriage fails to yield significant wealth gains for black women. So remember earlier I mentioned some of the statistics were going to be based on single black women, married black women, or cohabitating black women, and then women with and without college degrees. So, again, 
women collectively were told to get a husband, right, to go to college and get a husband at some point. And then it was, you know, go to college, get an education, and it will yield you more more money. And while that may be true for women in other races, we have to remember that even with college degrees, we get out, we get jobs, and we're not being paid as much as our counterparts. And that affects how much money we're bringing in and ultimately how much we can save, how much debt we can pay off, emergency funds, how much can we invest, things of that nature. This brief goes on to say that single mothers have virtually no wealth to draw upon in a financial crisis, um, which I, I don't have kids, but it's understandable as a single parent, you're raising kids or one child. First of all, y'all know I think kids are extremely expensive. I don't know how y'all can afford them. <laughs> um, but secondly, if it's just you maintaining the household, if you lose your job or if there's come some kind of emergency, it's really all on your shoulders to determine how am I going to get us out of this crisis? How are we going to stay afloat? And that makes sense to me. Um, and I, I wish I could offer more insight, but I don't have the experience of single mothers. So if you have the experience of a single mother and you want to contribute to that conversation, please drop a comment on this podcast episode so I can just understand a little bit more. What are some other contributions to having no net worth as a single mother? And then the brief goes on to say uh, increased age and education do not necessarily translate into wealth for black women, um, which is another thing. The older you get, you should be able to save more and make more money to save more and get assets and pay those assets off and things like that. And this brief is finding that that is not necessarily the case. And remember, one of the statistics was that older single black women with a college degree have $11,000 in wealth, whereas um, white women in that same group have $384,000 in wealth. So you can see there's a very, very big difference there. Now, this report does conclude by saying the data presented here shows us that neither marriage, a college education, nor a lifetime of work provides the answer for equalizing opportunity between black and white women. And I'm not trying to pit black and white women together, but you do need a comparison to understand how shocking the numbers are that I'm giving you guys today. And these are older statistics, so I'm hoping that in the next year or so, we do get a new report from some highly, you know, anticipated uh, research company that's like, listen, I know y'all been waiting for this report. So here it is. Um, it goes on to say black and white women are positioned differently from one another, largely because white women benefit more from wealth being passed down from their families, which is what I mentioned earlier. Uh, inter intergenerational transfers like financing a college education, providing help with the down payment on a house and other gifts to a, to seed asset accumulation are central sources of wealth building. This is very true. When I went to buy my house, um, one of the real estate agents was like, oh, your parents can't just give you like a $10,000 gift to put down on the house. And like, we had a really good laugh about it. Um, so given past and present barriers that have kept black families from building wealth, Private action and market forces alone cannot be expected to address wide-scale racial wealth inequality that is gendered. So, again, if there are other contributing factors to black women's net worth being low or non-existent, then it's really hard to tell black women to pull themselves up by their bootstraps or to work harder um, or to get higher paying jobs because there are so many contributing factors to black women either not making enough 
not being able to afford assets or retain those assets and then pass them down and then intergenerational wealth being passed around as well, like paying for college and things like that. So after reviewing all of that, y'all, I was not happy, right? I was like, I'm not feeling this. And so I decided to create a resource that will help us to track our net worth as well as encourage us to increase our net worth. So before we get into the resource, I'm going to give you three tips um, because I think when we talk about net worth, if we recognize our net worth is low or at zero, then it's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. I'm just going to keep it moving, basically. So tip number one, figure out what your net worth is, no matter what you think it is. I don't care if you think it's negative five billion dollars. Figure out what it is. It's everything that you own minus everything that you owe. What is that number? Write it down somewhere. You don't have to tell people what that number is. Remember, this is your number. You don't have to share it with anybody. But just write it down. Figure out what it is. Tip number two, do not let a negative net worth, a zero net worth, or a low net worth stop you from creating a plan and from knowing what that number is. And don't let student loans stop you either. Because I had someone tell me, I have $300,000 in student loans. What is the point? Right? And then I had someone else say they have over a quarter of a million dollars in student loans. So what is the point? So don't let student loans stop you either. We need to know what that number is because student loans affect us in so many ways when it comes to building uh, wealth and obtaining assets. When I went to purchase my house, I actually could not get the house because of student loans. And basically, the mortgage company was like, listen, we're going to calculate your student loans as 1%, like 1% of your student loans we're going to calculate as a monthly bill, which came up to like $1,500 at the time. And based on my salary, there was no way I was going to be able to afford a $1,500 a month payment. And I was on the... um, the reduced payment plan anyway. So my my monthly payment was like $200 or $300. And the mortgage company was like, yeah, no, you're on the plan that that uh, payment is going to increase every year or something. And we need to make sure that you're not going to default on your mortgage, which makes sense. But the student loan affected me so much that my parents actually had to co-sign my house for me. Um, and that was how I was able to get my house. So don't let student loans deter you from figuring out what your net worth is and what you need to do moving forward because they will negatively affect you when it comes time to obtaining assets. And thank goodness my parents did, um, they did do that for me because I, like, I think, uh, two years later, I was able to refinance with a higher salary and get them off of the loan. So I now have that town home in my own name, <laughs> which is great. But, Like, just don't let student loans be the reason that you're not looking at your finances from all perspectives. And then tip number three, create a plan to pay down debt, increase assets, increase your emergency fund, start investing, um, purchase property if you can afford it, things like that, right? So pay down debt and increase your assets um, is really going to offset your debt to income ratio or your net worth in general. So with those three tips in mind, they're not super detailed. They are very basic for the simple fact that a lot of people are so discouraged about their net worth. I want us to start very slow and very small. So figure out your number, no matter what you think it is. Do not let your student loans or a negative number or zero or low net worth 
stop you from looking at your finances from the perspective of your network and then start to create a plan. What debts can I afford to pay down? What assets can I afford to purchase? That's how you want to look at that. So the resource that I've created for you all is a net worth tracker. It is available on the website, blackgirlbudget.com. Um, if you are subscribed to the newsletter, the tracker was free for you. You should have it in your email. Make sure you download it and look at it on your laptop. Um, a lot of the blanks are fillable and there are calculations built into the network so it will automatically populate the numbers for you if you are not subscribed to the newsletter i'm gonna tell you again i don't know why but you do have to pay for the tracker <laughs> so, so go to the go to the website um blackgirlbudget.com grab you a copy of the network tracker it is now available and start to look at it. You get 12 pages or 12 sheets of monthly assets. So January to December each month will have an asset page. And then January to December each month will have a liabilities page. And I break it down into categories so you can look and see what kind of assets you may have access to and then what kind of liabilities are largely affecting your net worth. Um, there are quarterly quotes in there to keep us motivated and on our grind. Um, and then there's also an explanation in the beginning as to why I created this resource. And at the very end, there is a summary page. So every month you can see how your net worth has either increased or decreased. So definitely uh, go grab your net worth tracker. I'm going to be touching on that every single month next year. Don't come to me saying, Nikki, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this was a thing. Like y'all go ahead and get it. We're going to be working on our net worths all next year and you can set a goal. Do you want your net worth to increase by $500, $5,000, $50,000, whatever that number is, set a goal. Make sure it's realistic for how much you make and the debt you have and what you ultimately want to do next year. And in 2022, we're increasing net worths for black women. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast episode. I'm very excited that y'all are enjoying the podcast. Our statistics are through the roof. Um, we are almost at a thousand downloads. So make sure you share this episode, share the statistics, um, send it to your friends, send it to your family, because if more black women are aware of the statistics, I think collectively we can start to literally zero in on our net worths and begin to increase them. Um, and I think it's important to increase your net worth because it can also affect some of your future goals. Uh, I was talking to a friend yesterday and she is interested in um, owning properties, owning properties and renting them out. But your net worth can affect your ability to do that. As you guys saw, it was very challenging for me to to buy my own first place. So get your net worth tracker, go through it, take a look at it. We're going to be talking about it every month next year. Um, other than that, there are other resources on the website that are available. There's so much more to come. So make sure you tell your friends and family to subscribe to the newsletter and you guys go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and like this episode. Comment if you were shocked by any of these numbers. Comment if you can account for some of this information because of your own experiences. And uh, yeah, just let me know how you guys are feeling about your net worth, whether it's positive, negative or zero. Let me know what you're thinking. Y'all enjoy the rest of your Saturday and I'll see you here next week.